Welcome to Sacred Origins, the podcast where extraordinary souls share personal tales of discovery and transformation during their spiritual journeys. I'm Kaz, and together we're going to explore the diverse path that led our guests to be their awakened selves. Join us as we chat with fascinating individuals from all walks of life revealing their sacred origins. I believe these conversations are important because in the sacred stories of our guests, we might just find echoes of our own. Welcome to Sacred Origins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Sacred Origins podcast with the lovely Caroline Mitchell, um, our dragon lady. So I'm very excited to explore dragons. I have Caroline's book but it is on the to read list and I think it's going to get moved up actually I can just tell after this conversation I'm gonna like sit down this evening and pick the book up straight away I just know it's gonna happen Um, so Caroline over to you to introduce yourself thank you for inviting me Caroline I love the fact we've got two Carolines Caroline and Caroline (laughs) (laughs) it's wonderful so I'm Caroline Mitchell aka the original dragon lady it wasn't a name I've got to say something that the, the, the original dragon lady I did struggle with, um, a girlfriend of mine uh, said, the dragons are giving me this name for you. And it's, it's, you've got to be the original dragon lady. And it's like, no, dragon lady, I'm happy with. Original, I'm not. And this went on for about three weeks. And it, this, they shed this purple dragon that would not leave her alone. And so I went, okay. <laughs> Just give in to it. Just do as you're told, Caroline. It's so much easier with the dragons. <laughs> I love that. So how did you get started on your spiritual journey? And in particular, obviously, your dragon journey. Wow. My spiritual journey has been a complete lifetime. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first, I'm told, my first recollection of having any kind of intuition was the Christmas of my paternal, my maternal, my maternal grandfather died. Mm. And he, he died at... Um, I went to solstice. I went to solstice. You know, I was five, five and a half. Mm-hmm. And he died on a Sunday evening. And my mum and dad had been out. And apparently I came, I came downstairs at 11.30 and said, uh, Gan Gan's died. I turned around and walked back to bed. And I was deaf the next morning. I was deaf for a year. Wow. And what we think, with hindsight of what I know now, because yeah. I was very close to him. My grandfather had come in in his transition mm-hmm. to say goodbye, and the shock of him saying goodbye shot off my clairaudience. audience. Yeah. And, and then I went deaf. Yeah, I was deaf. I was deaf for a year. With no kind of nothing else, no ear infections, nothing, nothing logical. Not that, no, not as far as I can remember. And not, I can remember going having all the hearing tests done on a regular basis and having to tap the pencil until we heard a sound and there was no mm. reason for me being deaf. Mm. Wow. So just mm. that shock that that sort of declare That's, audience kind of went, I'm not prepared for this, down. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I guess I went to my grand's because uh, she had a well in her garden and mm. I kept saying to my grand, where's, where's Gangan's three-wheel bike? Where's his bike? Where's his three-wheel trike? You put down the well. You put Gangan down the well. I was convinced you put my granddad down the well. <laughs> <laughs> I was I literally, I would search the house for him. I can remember searching the house for him. Wow. So you'd shut yeah. it all down as well then, even mm. the knowledge of his passing. 
yeah kind of... wouldn't, wouldn't accept it yeah absolutely ah. um and then a couple of years later we moved um and we discovered I, I, at that point I discovered my dad was clairvoyant mm-hmm. um and we had a resident ghost called George we then just over the years we discovered he was called George um and he was a he was a Puritan and he would stand in we had quite a large garden where I grew up and my dad used to grow all our veggies and fruit and stuff and he would stand at the ras- by the raspberry canes in the Guadalcane um enclosure leaning against it like that watching my dad in the garden mm. my, my dad just told her to f off because you get sick of being watched <laughs> um uh, yeah, so we had so we, and I never I was never quite sure about George I always used to think it was like one of dad's tales mm. um and then we was, I was a teenager and uh, a, a girlfriend from school again was this city Sundays for some reason mm. um was riding past our place with, with a couple of other girls on horses and you could see over our, our hedge into our garden she said what were you doing in your back garden yesterday afternoon somebody you all dressed up in this so I saw saw somebody in a big tall hat with a, a, like a buckle or something on the front and a cloak. I went, oh, my God. Apparently, I went completely white. Oh, that was George. Mm. So what she had seen wow. was that ghost George. I'd never seen him. Yeah, it was a ghost George. Mm. Amazing. So, yeah, so I grew up I grew up always knowing about ghosts and spirit and mm. and that kind of thing. And my dad was always saying, oh, there's, there's, there goes so-and-so. And, oh, look. And he would just describe everything he could see. So... Mm. I, I get that side of it from my dad. So it was never, um, for me, it was never alien. It was always a, a part mm. of life. Yeah. Um, and then when I was 17, I'd always had this thing. I wanted to meet, I wanted to meet a proper, a, a real life medium. Mm. This, this was not mid eighties, I suppose. Um, yeah, it would be mid mid eighties. And I was working um, out towards Alton, Farnham way. And as a, a chap I'd met, you know, as, as you do in your teenagers, mm-hmm. and we got, yeah. I think we met the local pub, I think. And I said, I want to, I want to know. Somehow, as the topic always does me, winds up talking about spirituality, mediumship, ghosts, whatever. Mm. And he said to me, I said, my dad's a medium. I'm like, that'd be stupid. I, I really <laughs> thought he was winding me. I said, seriously, he said, my dad's a medium. And mm. we started dating. We dated for about 18 months. Um, and sure enough, his dad was a medium and healer. He was a phenomenal medium and healer. Mm. And he became my mentor um, right through until his passing when I was in my early 30s. So even though sort of my relationship with his son had broken up, as these things yeah. do in your teenagers, mm. um, I'd stayed in touch with him and his wife. Mm. Um, and, yeah, he, would, he was my mentor. He's my sounding board for about 17 years and, he gave me a piece of advice, and I think it might be, I don't know if it's in the book, but it's certainly in one of my, in my workshops, that I was, he had moved from sort of the fine Moulton area up, up, back up to London. Mm. And so there'd be, at the least three times, there'd be really like two hour phone calls talking about what I'd been, can you be like teach me how to meditate and this kind of thing. And so what I'd been discovering and what it all meant, and there'd be these really long phone calls. And, I was, and he said to me, you know, I said I want to find a circle, somebody, can work, somebody who can teach me physically because he was too far away. Mm. Um, and he said, he said, Caroline, in all honesty, he said, the only teachers you'll ever need are your guides. 
they'll be the best teachers you'll ever have so get to know them and Amazing. and that has actually never been truer than with the dragons mm. um so he he when he he died god late 90s i suppose mm. um and I, I'd wound up at a psychic fair. I, I missed him tremendously. It was like, I still do today. Um, but um, I found myself at a psychic fair. And this um, chap I was reading for said, well, you should be sitting this side of the table reading for a start. But also you need to hone your skills. And the people that have organised this fair actually have a, a, a training group starting in September. So it must be about, it must be about this time of the year. Mm. It's a nine-month training course. It's actually a Hebrew training course. And you should really consider joining it. So I went and spoke to them and signed up for it. And it was it was really, it was Gethin's passing that catapulted me onto my proper spiritual journey. Yeah. Because it just seemed like really disrespectful not to utilize and and put into practice the foundations he gave me and build upon mm. that. Um, yeah, kind of his so legacy in many it, respects. Absolutely, absolutely. So I found myself on this healer training course, nine-month healer training course. Some of the people that I trained with back in 97, I'm still friends with, I still see today. Oh, wow, I love that. Um, so, yeah, that's where, my, so that's where my real journey, my real journey began. And, and literally everything has been lined up by spirit ever since. Mm. They have literally, and the people talk about being in flow, synchronicities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm human and ego, and I get completely in my own way. <laughs> Don't we all? It's part yeah. of it. It is, and sabotage the whole bloody shooting match. Mm. Um, but the sync, but spirit, you know, the, the dragons call it following a trail of breadcrumbs. Well, that's how it appears to me. Mm. You know, spirit will lay, will leave you, follow, lead you along a path, and it's it's literally like stepping stone to stepping stone. Yeah, and this is what they've done with me for the last twenty years. It's literally been a step at a time, and as we said before we came on, the conversations that are so random and people wouldn't even think you're going to have them with actually yeah. have the answer to some of life's big questions, mm. and actually lead you to the next part of your journey. But the biggest thing is is actually being brave enough to have those conversations in the first place. Yes. That's what I've. That's what I've discovered along my spiritual path. Yeah. Can I ask? Because I was born in 1980. <laughs> Gosh, I was just thinking about leaving school. Then. <laughs> <laughs> what? How? Because obviously, like we live in a world at the moment where people are awakening more, and it's more popular. Yeah. But I remember, you know, in my early twenties. You know, there was like one crystal shop. And it was all a bit undercover and, you know, it wasn't as popular as it is now or as widely accepted. What was it like in like the mid 80s was because obviously like you managed to stumble across a guy in a pub and then his dad's a medium and they're very open about it. Mm. How was it very in the forefront of kind of what people did and what people talked about? Was it very undercover? Very, very much behind closed doors and by invitation mm. only. Um, wow. So back in the 80s, as far as I know, there weren't any psychic fairs. I couldn't get hold of a yeah, deck of, I wouldn't, yeah. I couldn't get hold of a deck of tarot cards for love the money. 
Because mm. we didn't have eBay and Amazon. And, yes, yeah. You know, it wasn't as easy to shop. No, crystal shops weren't, weren't around. You didn't have any of that. Um, and so, of course, the chances of speaking to some random guy in a pub that would become a boyfriend and his dad would become my mentor, it's just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's literally, like, spirit leading you completely. to him for that relationship, for that mentoring, isn't it? Absolutely. So the, what was big then um, is the, was the um, NSCO, which is the National Spiritualist Union. Mm. So they had the spiritualist churches. And that's where, Gethin, that's where Gethin came from. He came from that spiritualist church background. Mm. Um, as, as he was an absolutely incredible medium and healer. Um, and so he was pure spiritualist. So mm-hmm. things like tarot cards were a complete no, no. You don't mm-hmm. use that. No, that's just that's just you don't do it. Yeah, they, they had they had some really had some really strong opinions about tarot cards. Mm-hmm. I we got we, he got quite irate with me about it. And I thought I'm still going to go and get a set. I want a set. Yeah, you know, uh, I still want. I've now got many sets. And what was really, <laughs> really what was really really funny, and it's again it's synchronicity. Mm. Um, years later. Uh, it's, uh, so it was after his wife had died. Um, he was he found himself. He lived in central London. Uh, he found himself at the College of Psychic Studies mm. on a ta- and he went on a tarot course. And, and he hated going, them at one point. And I was going, right? Are you sure? But by this time, I was sort of I don't know about thirty. Mm. I was going, are you sure about this? And so he he would come down from London, spend the weekend with us, and then do tarot readings. And I just stick it, I just put a note up in the, the local shop or a couple of shops, though. Mm. So London Tower reader down, da 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 da. And um, last year, I was asked by the London College to go and tutor for them. Oh, fab. And it's like, how cool is that? That's amazing. I love that. And I hadn't heard about the London College, like mm. the College of Psychic Studies, until 1990s. And I'd always wanted, I thought, God, I'd love to be a tutor there. Now it's happening. And now it's happened. And I've done last weekend, the weekend before, I got presented my fourth or fifth workshop for them. I love that. Yeah. Manifested. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it is just quite incredible mm. how, um, how it all comes about yeah so trying to do anything in these sort of find any information out in the 80s mm. <laughs> it was just a, it was a closed shop yeah and and it still was quite like that in the 90s of the early 90s i couldn't i learned i learned to read the cards with the pack of, the pack of playing cards so i couldn't find a tarot deck wow so that's how i started um then eventually, isn't it mm, Eventually, I don't know where I got the tarot deck from. I can't remember. I eventually found mm. a tarot deck. I might have been given one actually, um, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get set cards from for loved money anywhere. Well, now it's as simple as, like you say, logging onto Amazon. Yeah, and exactly. they can be with you the next day if you want to pay that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but, you know <clears throat> yeah. Question though, request that on Facebook. Anybody, anybody got this deck that they don't no longer want? Mm. You know, I'll buy it off you. And it's this is. It's just so easy. So it's, it's we're much more open now. There's, mm. I think there was quite a lot of fear. Mm. You know, I, th- I, I my feeling is sort of you know, looking back at the hindsight that there was quite a lot of um, 
Christian fear beliefs mm. behind things like the tarot. They all thought it was witchcraft, and there was, so there's quite a lot. There was quite a lot of fear to still get through, but there still is today. Yeah, a friend only but, asked me a couple of weekends ago if mm. my tarot readings were witchcraft, and I was like, "Not the way I do them, no." <laughs> no. I was like, Every- no, they're definitely not. It's fine. <laughs> but everything we do. If you work in the spiritual field, it doesn't matter what you do, it's the craft. Yeah. And it, 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 I don't, you can wrap it up however you like, it's still the craft because you're working with intention, you're working with energy, you're working with um, incense, you're working with smells, you're working with crystals, you're working with plants. Whatever it is, it carries an element of our innate wisdom, female wisdom that goes back generations, goes back centuries because it's innate in all of us to be the wise woman to be the healer to be the guide yeah and it's all the craft yeah it's the only it's a shame that witchcraft as a word <clears throat> now yeah. holds that fear around it isn't it and and that comes from you ought to um, have a look at the um rebecca campbell's book rice sister rice mm, yes i haven't read that one of hers i've read the light is the new black that one Right. But not rise, it, sister rise. In there, um, I actually I actually re- reference it in my book mm. um, because it's there was a papal bull was passed in I think it was I think I'm right in saying 1648, mm. and that was that any woman perceived to be doing witchcraft was to be you know taken out basically. And it started, ultimately, it started, if you take it right through to present day, about 800 years of persecution of the witch, of the wise woman. That's horrendous, isn't it? So there was actually, it was actually 500 years mm. that women were persecuted for being the wise woman, for being mm. the healer, for being the, but the person that you go to was, that knew about herbs. Yeah. And if you had a cat, it was even worse. Oh, yeah, or red hair, I read somewhere. Yeah. Red hair was yeah. a huge yeah. sign. I was like, yeah. wow. Which, you know, it's Celtic, you see. It's Celtic, isn't it? Mm. It's the Celtic origin of, yeah. you, know, you know, sort of Scotland, Wales and Ireland. That's all Celtic, uh, those sort of Celtic areas, if you like, mm. um, particularly Scots, <clears throat> yeah. Scots and Irish. And, and they, they, but they, but they were connected to the land. Mm. You know, they're connected to the, to the energy of their environment. So it's, it's a beautiful connection. It's not one to be feared. That's the thing. And now, you know, it's, yeah, thankfully it is getting more open and people are awakening more and you can mm. be the authentic you now in much more. I mean, I sit with everything, you know, in the background behind me and I don't worry about it anymore. But, yeah. you know, years gone by, I would have, you know, not on a call with somebody like yourself, but on a you know with other people I'd have like blurred the background and stuff now I just let it all sit there if they want to ask what all the shelf of goodies is that's up to them yeah and it's owning who we are isn't it Mm. it's owning and and there's you know I I really believe that any spiritual path that you walk is ultimately a healing journey yes and the deeper you heal the greater spiritual awareness and personal awareness and growth will take place. 
that and that's actually that's a lesson that's really come home from the dragons yeah that's something they've really really drummed into me is that it's that it's always about the healing it's yeah. always the healing that comes first and then the lessons and the understanding the, the deepening spirituality and everything else comes follows it that is it's naturally it's a natural it's a natural course or natural progression of events so when was your first experience with dragons <laughs> so my very first experience with dragons was I think 2002 mm. um, and that was I found myself on a colour mirrors um, practitioner workshop or uh, it, was, it, was, it was colour works one then um, and we had to choose a bottle to work mm. so you're familiar you're familiar with colour mirrors no okay so you familiar with do you know about orosoma yes right so or so colour mirrors is a South African version and I, I really don't mean that in any way detrimentally to any either party mm. of orosoma. Mm -hmm. So Melissa that created Colour Mirrors, she has a whole series of sort of heart, like round type bottles that are mm. dual coloured. Um, and then there's, the, there's, a, there's a series of sprays or spritzes as she's called them. Mm. And there's everything from angels to dragons to um, elementals to whatever they are. And they are amazing. Anyway, I was, we were doing the spritz, this, this particular day we were doing the spritzer workshops. We had to go into the next room and choose a bottle to work with. Mm. None of them are labelled. You just go by colour. Okay. And so I came out of this bottle and, it, and it, I was sort of shaking it. It was, it was, it was black. Or it was almost like, almost, it was purple but almost black mm. with, with silver sparkles in it. And I really liked Ooh, that. pretty beautiful and um i'd already been lamenting that i didn't do dragons he'd have been talking about dragons through this because they're a part of the color mirror system mm. and it's like oh dragons are a step too far a load of rubbish anyway i came out and um and maury laughed and she said caroline that's black dragon i went oh for goodness sake <laughs> brilliant so, so they were gonna make you think differently with what oh. you just said weren't they Absolutely. I, my whole take on it was dragons and unicorns are a step too far. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I cannot get my head around this concept of dragons. I get it, but I don't get it. And it's like, mm -hmm. so I'm just going to ignore it and park it over there somewhere until a later date. And so mm -hmm. I would then work with black dragon for a bit and not really, not a lot, but you know, it was, it was, it was in my awareness now. I'd heard mm -hmm. about them previously, the color mirrors dragons. And again, just went, yeah, whatever. Um, so I was sort of, I was, so I had a bit more awareness about them, but wasn't doing anything with it. I was just going, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then 2005, I did my Reiki one. Mm. And at the beginning of the day, I'd forgotten this until years later. Um, and somebody gave me some workshop notes I'd done and I, I, I was referring to my Reiki one. There was a red dragon sat in the corner of the room. Oh, wow. We had no idea who he was. None of us knew who he was. He just appeared. We just ignored him. We thought, okay, you just sit there quietly. You're not getting involved. That's fine. I'm just, again, I'm still just ignoring dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, during my last last part of the workshop, the last achievement, we were in a hundred acre wood in Fairham and my Reiki master was a bit clever, really, because what he'd done, done. there were two like tiny, they were, mm. they were literally about sort of, you know, a foot wide. 
two little rivulets that crossed it, like tiny little streams, but they, they created four quarters, so they created the four directions. And he mm. did the last attunement there. And like while he was doing it, I could hear this almighty noise above my head. And we were sat in a it was like a clearing, a, a round clearing where this these two these two little rivers crossed. Mm. And then there's huge trees, like really tall, like pine trees. And there's a gap in the very top in the canopy at the top, so like the light was coming through. And I looked up, clairvoyantly looked up. And I thought, Jesus Christ, they're big bloody birds. And I thought, I looked, I thought, that's not birds. Not bird. <laughs> that's dragon. And I now know there were 48 dragons that day circling above my head. And there was, and they were literally circling nose to tail. Their tails were out behind them. Mm. They were circling above my head, nose to tail. And they gave wow. me probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest download of my life. Mm. And that was my life's work. And I was given explicit instructions of what I was to do. Wow. And that was create a series of workshops based around dragons, which was really easy to do. I was already teaching, so I could really do that. Mm. Um, to write a book about them and create a set of cards and some other bits as well. Wow. So the workshops were fairly easy to do. I got on and did that because they just gave me the information. I spouted it out and away we went. Mm. And it's really interesting. That first dragon workshop, so after my Reiki one, I say to people, my spiritual people, this is a, like a real fuck. It's like, you know, what <laughs> is going on? Oh, this is Especially being that's your Reiki one. Like how intense was your two and your master's going to end up if that's yeah. your Reiki one experience? Yeah. Yeah, actually, the master, the the Reiki two was actually fairly uneventful, mm. um, and Reiki three masters actually was again relatively uneventful. So one kind of opened the door to them. Yeah, completely, mm. completely. Um, and so when I started, I, so I started saying to friends, and I put out an email that like I'm going to do, I'm going to hold this Dragons of Atlantis workshop because there's a whole host of stuff about Atlantis and dragons and one thing mm. and another. I sort of joined loads of dots together and I said, I've got, I can't remember, I think I had 15 places, 10 places or something. And it's going to be you know, this much on this day. I sold that, well, that workshop is the only time ever I've had a workshop sell out in 24 hours. Wow. That was in 2007, I think. It was my very first dragon workshop. Mm. Is that, that's kind of like them, or to me, it feels like that's kind of give, like them giving you the this is definitely for you look how mm. do you know what I mean like that first one yeah. is the one you worry about the most that first one yeah. is the one you're most kind of in your head about isn't it oh, but to completely. sell out that quickly that's like that assurance from them to go mm. see see we told yeah. you <laughs> yeah yeah and then so I've got you know all a bit manic and um I needed it needs to get a full-time a proper full-time job mm. and because uh, I was, I, was, I was quite often temp and then I'd have space then to do my, do my work and then I'd run really some proper money, I'd go temping again. Mm. And I've got to this point where um, I said to my husband, yeah, I need to go temping, I'm gonna, so up to, up to Christmas I'll go temping. Mm. Um, and there's a job, a two-week two week job working for a builder. And so I sort of parked with dragons to one side, well, I'd just, I'd just go and do this and see what happens. Um, I was supposed to work on reception, it wasn't anything exciting. Well, that two weeks turned into, I think, two and a half years. Mm. And I learned everything from managing 
multi-million pound build projects to land acquisition, to planning, mm-hmm. to bat surveys, to handover to client. Wow. Uh, everything from mechanical and electrical, um, the, yeah, you name it, I learned it in that two-year period. Mm. Um, and then, then a couple of other jobs then followed, again, staying in the same industry as in, in the building industry. And it was interesting how the dragons lined it all up. Didn't need to learn anything for the two businesses, mm-hmm. but there was opportunities there that were useful. Yeah. Um, and people that I met worked on this house here. So from those other jobs, people that I met through that work mm. um, worked on this house because they were excellent tradesmen. So you lined up the people to help you build your dream home and renovate your yeah. dream home. Yeah, and the dragons lined the whole damn thing up. I had nothing to do with it. I literally just followed the steps. It's only with hindsight mm. that I see how it all panned out. I needed yeah. to be in those. I need to be in those jobs and not. Uh, no, I was still doing my own spiritual practice, mm. but not uh, immersed in it fully i needed to be in the physical mm. world to do these jobs to learn this stuff to make these connections mm. that would then um create the home our forever home That's and it's amazing and it's got space you know we can we, we've got space for, for, for a few cars on the drive i've got i've got a, a dedicated uh, room for my drag what we call my dragon room I've got space in the garden if I want to do ceremony and fire pit ceremony and fire dragon ceremonies. I can have sort of 10 people here comfortably. Wow. You know, um, yeah, the dragons so, absolutely lined it up. That's gorgeous. Mm. I love that. You're very close to your guides, aren't you? <laughs> well, I don't know if I am. I just, I think I just do as I'm told. <laughs> I think it's just I think I'm, because I, because I'm not overly clairaudient because of the whole thing with Granddad. Um, I think I have like a, a more of a knowing, and it, and I what I, I'm mm. I've learned over the years is actually to feel into stuff, mm. and if it feels right, do it. Yeah. If it feels off, park it, sit mm. with it, revisit it. If it still feels off, chuck it in the bin. Yeah. But if it's right then go go down that path and it doesn't always work out every mm. now and again you think well what the bloody hell did I do that that was a stupid thing to do um but that but then that's again that's where that's that whole about that healing and learning mm. about not listening and not following your truth and your intuition yeah in guidance and it's only when you when you don't listen and you cock it up that you realize you've cocked it up and there was a lesson in there mm. to go Oh, that's what happened there. Oh, that's what I needed to understand. Mm-hmm. So I always think that every mistake we make is always an opportunity to learn and to grow. And it's, it's not mm-hmm. it's not an element of failure. Yeah, I love that. Mm. So, what's dragon? How would you sort of sum up dragon energy? Now, dragon energy is a frequency. Mm-hmm. It isn't a. <clears throat> we used to work with vibration. So, if you think about yeah. crystals. Um, animal, power animals, guides, whatever. We used to work with vibration. Mm-hmm. Dragons are actually frequency. So when they come in, they're much less likely. They're not less likely to do it now. But they, when they used to come in, they used to come in with such strength. It was like they were heavy. Mm-hmm. They carry a real heavy energy to, like a weight to them. Um, and 
again, what I discovered over time was that they would actually, um, they would come in with such strength and so fast, they would actually, it's like they would take our, knock our aura sideways. So almost like we, oh, we weren't in our, our aura wasn't around us. It was like, it's it off center from us. Wow. Um, and it, it took quite, it took a few years to work that out. And that's mm-hmm. only because there's a, a dear friend of mine was on a workshop with me about five, six years ago. And it happened to her. I'd completely forgotten about it because it stopped happening to me because obviously my frequency had become able to match the dragons. Mm. Uh, and they'd, and also I'd say, to them, look, can you just back this off a bit because it's too powerful. It's making me feel sick. Mm. I would literally yeah. make me feel literally sick. Um, and I'd actually forgotten about it. So this happened to my friends. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm really sorry. I've forgotten this happened. So at lunchtime, there's a couple of us. And it's like, oh, my God, your aura is actually to one side of your body, not central within your aura. Once we re-centralized and re-grounded her, it was fine. And so what I discovered from that point is that I'd always always been fairly grounded, but I discovered, and I discovered with working with the dragons, the more grounded you were, the less sort of sicky you would feel, or I would feel. Mm. Um, so it, it then became very important for me to actually, so people didn't experience what I did, what my friend did, is that it's really important to ground. Mm. Um, and the dragons now um, actually come in much more gently. Um, but also what's happened since I started doing this in 2005 is that... Um, the whole vibration, whole frequency of the planet's changing. There's mm. very, there's so many downloads and codings, and there's so much stuff taking taking place around the world now that actually our frequency and our and our vibration is changing, mm. and so we can accommodate the dragons much more easily, energetically, than we could ten or fifteen years ago. Wow! So that's where we're at. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really powerful. So for for dragons. They have a real key connection to sacred geometry, which is completely over my pay grade. It's like, if you want me to know about it, teach it to me, but I'm really not that interested. But apparently, (laughs) it's sacred geometry. Um, Colour is really big with dragons because dragons Mm. frequently come in on dual colours. They they are two different colours. What else is there? Sound is really, really big with the dragons. Mm. um so voice work chanting anything like that they love uh bowls gong so depending on which dragons you're working with depending on which frequency you work with so if you want galactic dragons you'll work with things like bowls <clears throat> crystal bowls mm. um tuning forks uh gongs can be are quite good for mm. can be quite good for the galactic dragons any any kind of voice work high 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 pitched voice work and it's basically, basically a a higher frequency yeah for galactic dragons and if you want to do earth healing work with the earth dragons then you're using things like drums didgeridoos chanting earth chants that type of thing Mm. because there's a whole host of dragons that are actually trapped some are just Mm. sleeping in the earth there's a whole host of dragons that are actually trapped yeah so they've been incarcerated for whatever reasons and i'm still trying to work out why and who incarcerated them yeah um but um I'm sure it will it will come to me eventually. Eventually, I'll, yeah. I'll find the answer some way. They'll give it to me or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I I was there's actually it's actually in my book. There was a dragon uh, at Silver Hill in Avebury, 
and I um <clears throat> I got to know I, I was driving down I drive to Avebury regularly because I used to work in the shop at Avebury doing readings and things like that mm. and um and I became aware of this dragon energy so under Silver Hill and I thought oh bless him he's, he's trapped I need to release him and as I got closer and tuned into him more deeply oh god this dragon was furious really and it's like okay maybe I won't release you then <laughs> I'd better think about this one and ponder that one a little yeah. bit Jesus if I let him loose on the onto mankind he's going to create create absolute bloody havoc mm. um <clears throat> so I I tuned into him and every time I went through there I'd sort of send him some healing and one thing and another um and then once Samhain I there was a, a lady that I know from Essex she was bringing down the, her coven Mm. And so um, there was 50 of us stood around Silbury Hill oh. sending this dragon healing. And he was chained by his neck. It was big chains across his tail. He had in his tail, uh, uh, across his body. And his tail was staked. He had a stake going right through his tail. So he couldn't move his tail. And it's, he was chained through his tail, chained across his tail. No wonder he was furious. I'm oh, he furious. was furious. He was He was not a happy boy. Yeah. And um, so, we, so we did that at... at at Silbury Hill we went up to the West Kennet Long Barrow mm. and on the way back down a couple of the girls said to me oh no what's his name I went oh this is where Claire, Claire audience came back in um mm. he said um I said oh he's dragging the dragon of Silbury honest to god there was this voice ricocheted across the landscape because Silbury Hill and the West Kennet are almost opposite slightly mm. you know bit wonky opposite and this voice came booming across the landscape absolutely bellowed at me i am the guardian of avebury he was furious did you got his I, name wrong <laughs> I, I, I decided to sort of dismiss him of knowing he's the dragon of silver so very, I, dis, I was very dismissive of it yeah. my god he was mad um i went okay that's me just give him and give the right serious bloody dragon slap um so i said he's the guardian of avebury apparently and so then uh, Layla and i then um he's the guy that brought the Tribe, the group now from Essex. Mm. We then worked with this dragon on and off from Samhain to March to, to um, Spring Equinox. Mm. Then we got together at Spring Equinox and released him. Wow. Um, he was ready. So he was just literally being sent healing. Mm. Intermittently, we just keep sending him healing. Um, and then we sort of tuned in and, you know, talked to him and one thing and another. And once he realised that we meant him no harm, mm. I wanted to release him. Uh, we then we then went and released him at uh, Spring Equinox, or around Spring Equinox the following year, and you rarely see him under Silvery Hill. And he's got this magnificent wonky scar, like a silvery wonky scar on his tail. I was um, in Avebury walking along the sort of the um, the parapet embankment thing. Like, there is a proper word for it. I can't think what it's called. Um, <clears throat> and I was walking around there from the Tolkien trees round to, in towards mm. the Sun Circle. Um, about a year later, and I was just thinking about it, I wondering where he was. So I thought there hadn't, he hadn't been at Silver Hill. And he literally came, you know, how in dog fights, in the, in the, the plane dog fights, how they spin mm. and things like that, and they, whatever. This dragon came wanging past me like the clappers, spinning in the air, absolutely mm. loving life. He was a very that happy bunny. Very happy that. bunny. He was like a puppy with two tails. He was complete freedom. So he, so the guardian of Avery and the Avery matriarch are the male and female guardians of that site. Amazing. Mm. So, so you yeah. see them very clearly. I Is do, that how I do. Like, you managed to create the deck? 
you have like the in, so your mm. audience sort of comes and goes a bit but oh, visually See, I'm not, I don't think I'm particularly clairvoyant. It's more the fact that I know. I saw him clearly that day, really clearly yeah. that day, when I was walking from the Tolkien trees back to the Sun Circle. Um, I saw him really clearly that day. And on occasions I've seen them. And my clairvoyance is a bit like a clairaudience. Mm. It's a bit intermittent, but I'm very, very claircognient. Mm. So, I just, so it's about knowing. So I'll know what's there. I'll know what colours there are. And maybe I just dismiss my clairvoyance because I'm so claircognizant. I'm, I'm used to working with that claircognizance that I dismiss yeah. the clairvoyance. Um, I have to think about that one actually because that's actually probably quite a good point. I probably am mm. more clairvoyant than I think I am because yeah. I just rely on my claircognizance. Yeah, every now and again, I really I see it really really clearly. Um, there are points I haven't done it for years, but there are points I can time trip and I can time trip back centuries, wow. and I see and the whole the whole picture in front of me the whole scenery in front of me the vision in front of me of what is, is in this three modern world will mm. completely shift and i am stood in a completely different timescape and you can see all of that completely it would happen out completely un, yeah it wasn't it wasn't thinking about it or doing it in any way mm. it would just i would literally just time trip i'll be back in a completely different time zone uh, i've done that a few times at places and that's fabulous to do i've not done that for years is that your dragons taking you back to something they want to show you who knows it's been long that's before amazing. dragons long before dragons so i don't know could be could that's be. amazing mm, but that's where my clairvoyance is really really strong mm. um, but that, that hasn't happened for years i might have to see if i can get that to see if i can actively make that happen because it, it would happen unbidden i'll be mm. normally i'll be walking somewhere i'll be out walking yeah. somewhere it would happen um happened I was, I was there's a job I was doing years and years and years ago long before I really started my spiritual journey um well sort of journey properly I was working somewhere there's a girl I was working with she turned around and she did something and I saw her as a housemaid in front of a massive fireplace the whole the whole the whole um building everything I was in and everyone around me just disappeared mm. and I saw her working on this uh, like a massive range and as she was bending down and tending the fire, and yes, yeah, she can. She, she everything disappeared around me. She, I could just see her like a time tripped into a part of one of her past lives. That was weird. Mm. That's, That's strange, isn't it? I've I've forgotten about that. I've completely forgotten I could do that. Or I haven't, I haven't done it for so long. But yeah, amazing. You have to try and bring it back. I will have to try to report back. I'll let you know how I yeah, get on. Let me know how you get on. That's incredible. I've never known anyone that has done that. That's amazing. Mm, yeah, I, yeah, I could be quite about that. So that sort of that sort of dragons and <clears throat> how dragons came to be, the cards mm. came to be, was um the dragon was saying that I had to go and create them. And it's like mm. I can't draw. I don't know. I haven't done anything about publishing. Anyway, we having had to dinner with some friends, and I, I was saying, like, "Oh, I can't do this." And um, my friend said, "Well, that's actually really easy. All you've got to do is this, 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 and this." And I went, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. That's just gone straight <laughs> over my head." And so he then spent the next few weeks taking me through the process of what I needed to do. And yeah. it was really easy. When you know how and somebody will show you what you've got to do, it's really easy. So we, we, we opted on the self-publishing version. And um, and then they showed me, because I said, well, I can't draw. I can't draw these bloody things. You know, I've got no idea at all. 
Um, and so she showed me where to go and how to how to set up like an advert to, to apply for an artist. Mm. Um, and I whittled it all I whittled it all down to a, to a couple of couple of different artists and settled on one in Serbia, an amazing artist, beautiful. And it got to Friday afternoon. It's like, oh, God, I will not, I'll, I'll do the contracts Monday. Monday morning, Carol Dragon said, um, we're not working with him. <laughs> so I got cross and threw my toys out. And <laughs> I then um, said, well, I'm going to ignore you anyway. I'm going to do it. Monday morning came round. I opened my emails and he'd pulled out. And the Dragon said, we told you. He was the wrong artist for us. <laughs> We're not going to work with him. So I had another hissy fit. And they, um, I said, right, now sort me, sort me an artist out. Mm. And two days later, they brought me Tiras. And what was really interesting is Tiras was an hour away up the road from me. Oh, wow. He was literally up the A34 from me. It was less than an hour. We did everything on Skype and Zoom. I don't think we had Zoom mm. then, but we did everything on Skype. Oh, we had hours and hours of conversations, but he was very intuitive. Mm. And I would tell him what I could, what, how I felt. Obviously, the cards were written, but the the, 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 you know, the pictures weren't formed. Mm. And I could tell him what, you know, what I was seeing, what I was feeling. So we'd talk about each card in detail. Mm. And I'd send him what would become the readings or the meanings of the cards that became the deck. Mm. And I'd, I sent him those, do like three at a time. And then every so often, I'd sort of open my emails in the morning and I'd have you know, a couple of dragons pop up in there. It's like, it was like, it's like Christmas every day. And I, I told my email from Tiras, it was like, oh, oh my God. Oh wow. It was, and I think the one dragon that I really that although they all went, oh, they're amazing. I think yeah. there was only one that I went, I really don't like that. Oh. And that was spirit from my deck. Mm. I think it was spirit. And it's like there, there was nothing wrong with the artwork. Mm. it was a way it affected me oh okay the energy that uh, you've got off mm, it. yeah it's, it's a trigger of some description for me mm. you know it's one of my favorite cards now but when i <laughs> it, it was there was something about that card or the energy of that that mm. i really couldn't take and i oh. think spirit is i think spirits has been set in stonehenge mm. or, or another stone circle somewhere the, the artwork is mind-blowingly amazing. My God, it's spectacular. Mm. But there's something about the energy of it. It hit me. So whether it's past life something or, or what, I don't know. I haven't worked mm. it out. It's one of my favourite cards now. But yeah, that was one thing. It's like, Jesus, I don't like that card. Yeah. And to only have one, though, when you're working mm. with somebody is yeah. impressive, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, so he, the deck was... came first. Yeah. So the deck, the deck, so the deck was self-published in... Mm, 2017 I think I think it I think it went out it was really interesting because um a girlfriend sent me sent me a message saying have you seen this Diana Cooper's doing a dragon deck I went you're joking so there was me and Diana Cooper working on parallel lines neither knew the other was doing it yeah both decks were due to go out in October 20 I think it was 2017 both it's due to about the same year the same oh, month. Wow, the same time. Yeah. Um, mine got delayed um just because there was there was there was 33 cards for tourists to draw. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Then then we had um we obviously had to get them to get them over to the printers in China, and then there's all the two and the from China and so anyway, so we managed to hit we managed to hit Yule. So mm. we we released at Yule. 
or we launched at Yule. And I was in the, so Tiris and I were in the hen shop, obviously, you know, saying, look what we created, aren't this new, these wonderful cards, da 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 da. And this, um, this lady walks in. Again, the dragon set it up. Mm. She, had, she had no intention of coming. Her and her husband were down in, in Avery, just having a walk, just pre Christmas. She had no intention of coming into the hen shop. He decided he needed to go and have a wee. So she said, well, you go and find the loose. I'm going to dive in the hen shop. Mm. And she came in and she, um, but saw me and made an absolute beeline for the dragons. We've become really firm friends. Oh. Um, she um, she was right. She was running a, 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 a radio show at the time. So mm. she and she was my first interview radio interview in Spindon one hundred and five, one hundred five point five, which is a community radio station. Mm. Um, but she also introduced me to Watkins. She knew, she knew, she knew, the, she knew the lady that was then the um, was heading up Watkins as you know, an editor, mm. and she happened to just say to this lady at uh, um, the book fair, the London book fair, she had, she had my deck with her. She, said, well, can mm. I just show you these? See what you think. And she got me my publisher. She, yeah, through that introduction, she got my publishing deal at Watkins. Wow! But the dragons always said that I would get a publishing deal with the book and the cards. I wouldn't have to mm. go looking for it. It will and come you to didn't. You, you didn't, didn't pitch it, no. or anything. No, it came to me. It came to me. I had to go through all. That's the, amazing. I had to go through. I had to go through all the you know the official channels. Yes. Yeah. I do the do the the official pitch, which I'm mm. absolutely rubbish at. Which <laughs> then my friend helped me. They introduced me, helped me. Um, yeah. So that's how I got. And she's she's now. Or, um, she's not taking any clients at the moment, but she's she's now a, a, a literary agent. Oh wow! Yeah, she, yeah, she's not taking clients at the moment, but yeah, she's mm. now, she's now a literary agent. Yeah, mm. amazing. So everything the dragons have said to me, or I've, or they, mm. all the feelings they've given me, or what I've known, my intuition has absolutely panned out as long as I follow it. Mm. But we're human; we don't. <laughs> we go yeah. no, I'm going to go, yeah. go there, and I'm going to do it my way, and completely self sabotage everything. You know, and that makes it really hard work, but. Then that's how we learn. Yeah, I just love that they've directed you so much and created such amazing synchronicities. When um, I look back at it, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I suppose I don't look back at it very often. But only when I'm doing mm. things like this that I actually look back. Mm. I think actually that's absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, because it literally everything just fell into place mm. at the right time because everything is about timing mm. um and so it's yes yeah, it's, it's actually really interesting how it all synchronistically it all happened but the dragons lined up the, the the people the places the the situations they gave me the breadcrumb trail it was up mm. to me to pick it up or ignore it and that yeah. is the key this is this is the key with synchronicity Mm. Um, and anything like that or even even sort of manifestation the key is to actually pick it up if you see it acknowledge mm. it and do what you need to do with it yeah amazing I love it yeah what do you think of the dragon portrayal in the very human world I don't know what to call it the muggle world <laughs> the muggle, the muggle. <laughs> I like the muggle world um it's because obviously I, it's... the one place I've seen them the most in well other than the, a terrible film that I took my nephew to when he was very small that was just awful I think I fell asleep even 
<laughs> it was just awful. Um, the one place we've all seen them a lot, obviously, is Game of Thrones with Khaleesi and her babies. And you've not seen it. <laughs> but this is an audio podcast. Caroline is shaking her head. <laughs> no idea. You didn't watch Game of Thrones? No, That's no idea. Then. <laughs> yeah, no idea whatsoever. Um, no. I've got, I've got, it's almost as if my dragons have an aversion to me seeing it interesting i've got no idea of the concepts mm. um it, it it's it's like a uh it's like a knot in my stomach that i can't mm. watch it i don't know why i absolutely love how to train your dragon yes you know i'm toothless i love him to bits mm. you know it, it's just the whole that whole that whole pixar stuff yeah i just love it game of thrones i've got a clue that's amazing that they kept that from you. There's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah, I guess. And I have to trust. Mm. I have to trust yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure if I if I disregard it, I'll get a dragon slap. Yeah. There'll be something. will <laughs> be you know. Look, we told you. Yeah. It's interesting though that they, the there's more kind of friendlier version of them. I wouldn't say they were particularly friendly i suppose in game of thrones it's one way to say it but well they're very protective of their mum kind of but the rest of the world can pretty much do one okay with anyone that upsets her they're very protective of her um so i wonder if if that's kind of like uh when they're portrayed in the friendly loving kind of situations that pixar portrayed them in that's what they're more agreeable with and a kind of a slightly more aggressive Ah, Hollywood yes. kind of. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like they, yes, that will be it. That will be it because if you look back through Western tradition of mm. um, legends, fables, and fairy tales, mm. the dragons have been portrayed as you know fire breathing, made stealing, stealing gold hoarding beasts. Mm. You know that got that must be slain. Yeah. And so if that's how they're being portrayed in the Game of Thrones, mm. I would probably have an absolute pissy fit. Yeah. Um, because that isn't what they're like. They are powerful. They are strong. Mm. Um, and they, there have been battles. Battles have raged across the centuries, not necessarily here with dragons, but across other galaxies, dimensions and universes or you know, the multiverse. Um, so there have been battles that the, the dragons have been involved in mm. but it that isn't their reality working with us mm. now yeah. that isn't what it's about it's they're they're working with us now is about protection about guidance and ultimately about healing mm. and, and and they call it spiritual evolution our spiritual evolution mm. they call they call us those that work with dragons and are picking up the Gordon that's been thrown down for us, the challenge that's been thrown down for us. They talk, they talk about us being um, spiritual warriors of earth mm. um, rather than light workers. Yeah. Um, and they, they not overly fussed on the word ascension. It's more to do mm. with spiritual evolution. evolution. And that's what we're going through constantly at the moment. Having just come through Lionsgate, mm. that was a bit of a, quite a powerful one on Tuesday. Yeah, and pe- I only people think I've having... already just woken up today. Yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> it's people, the first people... time I felt awake again. Mm, yeah, and people have been having very different 
experiences of lion's gate some people have been feeling awful since summer solstice mm. um other people are going actually i'm absolutely fine um i'm either completely oblivious to it or i'm or i'm or i'm in alignment with all the energies i'm not sure which yeah you know, um, i've I, definitely been uh, shattered since summer solstice mm. haven't been able to get my butt into gear other than starting this podcast that's the one thing that has flowed since summer solstice easy as not had to try um, so, but the mm. rest, the rest of life, I'm massively behind. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't care. But I It'll wonder work if, itself out. But obviously, I wonder if that's about alignment. Mm. About yeah. being in the, being in alignment with where your essence mm. and soul currently is, and what and what that actually needs for you, or what you need for that. Mm. It's, a, it's that alignment of of joy. Yeah. Of um, service. It's, and what you, you know, what you love, so yeah. it's, it's coming to alignment for you. Yeah, definitely. It's been really interesting to see like how nothing else has worked out, and this has. It's been really like, okay, I'm just not meant to do that right now. Fair enough, I'll do it later. Absolutely, <laughs> if and, at all. Not, and if it's like walking through treacle, stop it. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason. There's a reason that it's not working. Mm. So stop doing it. Stop banging your head against the wall. Mm. Do you work with dragon skull crystals in part of your dragon work? I don't. I know people mm. who do. I have them and I tend to use them for gridding if I'm doing grid work or something mm. like that. Um, and Or if I'm doing something specific somewhere like Glassbury or Avery, I might have one with me. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, no, mine, mine is set up for grid work, for planetary mm. grid work if I, if I work with them. Um, yeah, some people channel the skulls. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's not my, not my skill set. Yeah. Um, it's sort of not where my energy goes, and it's. Mm. I think there's some really good people out there do it. So there's no, mm. I don't need. To, I don't need to jump on the same ba- ba- same bandwagon. Yeah. You know, so you no. Know, why re- reinvent the wheel when there's some really good people out there doing that stuff? Mm. Do you think they help people if people are struggling to connect with their energy? Other other skulls, the crystal skull, dragon, crystal dragon skulls, like a way to connect or. You obviously don't use them for connection, your connection with your guides. No. So could people use them to connect? Um, you could. I would say make sure you ground really deeply and hang on to your mm. hats. Because um, <laughs> a lot of the uh, – not is, this isn't true of all of them, mm. but a lot of the crystal skulls um, carry galactic energy. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, that's my understanding. So mm. not all of them, but a lot of the carry galactic energies so they have collect they have connection to the um star beings like beings you know, Andromeda's Palladians and mm. all that like uh, Turians and beyond. Um so be prepared that yeah, you need to be grounded. My my belief is you need to be really, really grounded. If you're gonna work mm. with skulls in that way, you need to be really grounded. Okay. Ooh, definitely try mm. that, but definitely be grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been, mm. apparently, according to the dragons, there's being grounded for normal spiritual work and there's being grounded to work with dragons. They're just different level. levels. Mm. Yeah. So in, in my book, there's actually a couple of different meditations to practice and try to for what works for you. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Excellent. So the book's very much like a work through taking you through who dragons are, what they are, what their energy is, how to connect with them, how to work with them. It's um so what it is, what you have is you have, 
<laughs> Why well, haphazard 20 years of learning for the dragons on how not to do things? <laughs> but that's the best a, way for other people to learn. So, so it's put into a into a it's been put into a sequence, well, a, a sequence of sorts that um takes you on a journey and builds your journey with your dragons. Mm-hmm. And um hopefully that you'll avoid some of the hiccups and pitfalls and things that I encountered along the way. Mm. And so you'll hope your dragon chain will be much smoother than mine was because mine was a bit bumpy at times. <laughs> I love that. So it's like teaching the ways to do it and the ways you learn from mistakes too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is we learn our we learn the most about ourselves and our work through our mistakes. Mm. Brilliant. I love that. Mm. I'm looking forward to diving into it now. And you can with the book, you could just pick it up at any random chapter. You haven't got to follow it cover to cover. You can just mm. pick it up, whatever catches you, um, whatever interests you, you you know, you you can dip in and out of it. And what I've discovered, what I think it's really lovely, and I've discovered just from some of the feedback I've had and some of the posts I see on social media and things like that, mm. is that um people use it as a point of reference. They said becomes it becomes their guide and their reference book. Which I think is really beautiful, and what that wasn't—I didn't expect to have that come from the book. Mm. But that, I think that's absolutely fabulous that that's how people are using it. And yeah. I saw uh, somebody said they've read they've read it three times. Oh wow! And they just love it, which I think is you know just amazing. Mm. It kind of gives you that warm fuzzy, doesn't it? That- it does. It is that warm fuzzy feeling. It's lovely. Um, and again, they're the, 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 the sort of comments and um, things that I hadn't expected people to. I hadn't, I hadn't expected it from people. Mm. I really didn't. That's amazing. I love that. Fabulous. Mm. So, if you could go back and tell little Caroline, younger Caroline, anything to make her feel better about her spiritual journey, any lesson, any like tidbit to help her, what would you go back and tell her? Mm. Don't don't sweat. Don't worry about it. Mm. I think the biggest thing is that, especially if you end up um, being a, in inverted commas, a public figure in the mind, body, spirit world, Mm. um, you carry quite a lot of responsibility. Mm. And it's about maybe getting something wrong within a workshop or, or, or not, maybe not presenting something in a particular way or whatever. And it's about so it's about really so for me it's about don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. I think if for me if that you know if you're following your intuition, just follow your intuition because if you yeah. follow your intuition fully, it's absolutely perfect. It always is absolutely perfect. Don't no, second no. guess yourself. Yeah, mm. follow just your intuition. Don't yeah, don't don't second guess yourself. Yeah, brilliant. And if people have listened to this and they're interested in your work, where can they find you on the whole? interweb socials all okay. of that business so i have a instagram which is mm-hmm. caroline the original caroline original dragon lady i think or the original dragon lady facebook's the same caroline the original dragon lady um and then my website is i think caroline dragon lady awesome and then they can find the book and the deck on, on amazon amazon and other, and if you're overseas, you can get it on um, Barnes and Noble, um, Goodreads, and places like that as well. If you if you don't, if you can't get it on them. 
if you can't, if you don't, I don't have access to Amazon. And most good bookstores, you can order on almost good bookstores hold it anyway. Brilliant, amazing. Thank you ever so much, Caroline. It's been so amazing chatting with dragons. I'm going to order the deck. That's going to be my next thing. I've already got oh. it up on Amazon. Because <laughs> oh, I just feel like I want it to go through the book, Do you know, like the imagery yeah. and stuff. I'm quite, I have to be quite visual like that. Yeah. So, the, so the, I can the, definitely see how the both would work together. So the book is How to Live with Dragons. Mm. And the deck is Dragon Path Oracle Cards. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sacred Origins podcast. Follow me on social media at, at Sacred Moon UK. Please hit subscribe or follow to the podcast and leave a review. After listening, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact me via social media or on my website, which is www.sacredmoon.me. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to being with you again in two weeks' time.